Hey guys, welcome back to the Influence Community. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Danielle. This is where we spill the tea, talk all things influencing, and try to keep up with the ever-changing industry. Grab a coffee, sip your tea, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys! Hi guys! We're back, and we're so excited to be back. Now we are in our studio. It's called FemX. It's the cutest studio. It's so cute, you guys. It's so aesthetic. It's like gir- girly and like... I don't even know. It's just an it's open, like makes you feel space. happy. Yeah. I don't know, but we love recording here, so we're so excited for this week's episode. We thought it would be really fun to do a Q&A episode. I, I love listening to those episodes, yeah. and I think they're really cool because it's like a bunch of different topics in one, so I feel like you just get like all this information, and they're really like an easy listen, so it's like something easy to listen to while you're driving or getting ready or whatever, so... We thought, like, that would be a good idea for this week. Yeah, a lot of these are obviously based on, like, influencer, blogger stuff, but we can, if you guys want, we can talk about, like, more life things, you know, like, personal things, too. We'll probably put up a Q&A box, like, every so often, so let us know if you guys like this type of episode and we can do more. So before we dive in, we always start our episodes with something that has influenced us this week. So let's share those. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I'm influenced by the whole coconut girl aesthetic. I think it's so cute. I literally did not know what this was until you told me about it. Can you explain to our babes who have no idea, like me, like what this was? Because I looked it up too, and it's like kind of huge. I know. Like people are, I feel like someone made up the term on TikTok. All these big platforms are talking about it. I feel like it's just a cute name too. But pretty much Coconut Girl is beaded colorful necklaces, which we are obsessed with right now. We have We're literally both wearing one. Yeah, we're wearing like matching ones. (laughs) We Um, made it at this event that we went to with Nasty Gal and it was so cute. The company... Charlie Bees. Yes. I just like posted a photo wearing it and I probably will have all of my summer photos wearing them because it's so cute oh my god I'm obsessed with them but um coconut girl is like beaded necklaces crochet tops all the colorful vibes I think it's just a fun aesthetic it's kind of like colorful summer I literally when you first mentioned it I thought it was like coconut bra tops and like that's what it sounds like oh isn't like that like Hawaiian print like part of it too like the Hawaiian floral print with the hibiscus flower yeah 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 I feel like it's just like Y2K meets aquamarine <laughs> vibes. Hot girl summer vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I freaking love aquamarine, <laughs> and I'm just, like, really here for this trend. So, yeah, coconut girl. I love that. And I'm... What about you? You taught me that, so I'm so excited. <laughs> I know what that is now. Um, For me, I think... I haven't done that much shopping lately, which is a little bit of a surprise. I made an investment purchase that I'm really excited about. It's just that, like chair from cb2 that everyone has but like it's like a big girl purchase because furniture is expensive so i haven't done like any like little shopping on the side but i have been kind of prepping and planning for summer with all my favorite bikini brands i feel like so i feel like i'm always inspired and influenced by those companies so i'll just share a few that i'm so obsessed with right now so my first obsession is probably 437 I wear them all the time. They're literally the softest bikinis ever. I love Frankie's bikinis because that's kind of like that coconut girl vibe. They have such fun prints and styles and materials. I'm loving like smaller brands too, like Riot Swim. They have really Mm. cute ones. Um, There's this Australian brand. It's called Vincija, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, Black bow is good. Yeah. There's just, I feel like so many fun bikini brands out there. Oh, and um, Lolly and Layla. Those ones are so cute too. So I'm just so excited for bikini season to be here and just be like frolicking at the beach. Sunset. Yes. Ready to go. (laughs) Actually, Vaxxed lasered. (laughs) Ready to go. Wearing those high leg bikinis. Exactly. Because no tan lines. And we have some (laughs) tropical trips. Like coming, coming up this up. summer hopefully like so we have two planned hopefully we'll have more, more yes to add to the lineup but yeah so excited and I'm gonna look at all those bikini brands because I have not yes. heard of a lot of those literally my favorite I just like love like I love minimal bikinis like I don't like 
just for me personally, my style, I don't like a bunch of like extra straps or ties everywhere because mm. like I'm actually in the sun and then I would get weird tan yeah, lines. that makes sense. So I just love very minimal, like Brazilian, I don't even know, it's, I think it's Brazilian cut like in the back oh, where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. super skimpy. Like, yeah. No, I don't know but if I But that's do that, where but. like... I get my best tan, you know? So, yeah, that's what's been influencing me. I'm really excited for summer. I think it's going to be such a good summer, especially because the last year, you know, we couldn't really do anything. So, this year, I'm just so excited. But we're going to be jet setters. That's what we're, <laughs> we're going to try. Exactly. So, stay tuned. <laughs> manifesting that. But I guess we could just dive into our Q&A. We asked you guys to submit your questions, and we kind of compiled a list that covers a bunch of different topics and we think will be really helpful. So this week is just kind of a fun, lighthearted Q&A episode and we're really excited for it. So I feel like we can just dive in. Yeah. So the first question is, do you struggle to get brands to pay you on time? Um, And yes. Girl. (laughs) A lot. Honestly, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of brands, I don't know. I'm chasing money currently from Same. a few different Same. brands. And There's some I'm still chasing from 2020, and it's really frustrating yeah. because it's only a couple hundred dollars, and I'm, like, sending the email, like, hey, just following up, this payment was, like, due back in 2020, and, like, I can see they read the email, and I'm just, like, yeah, please I'm just pay sure me. <laughs> what's going on. I don't know. I feel like people try to put it off. Maybe they don't have the funds immediately, but... I wish there was just more transparency with it. Like, I get it. Like, things happen, and especially with, like, smaller businesses, too. But just be, like, transparent and upfront. And, like, because I feel like I'm a very understanding person, and communication is so important for me. So it's, like, if you're, like, hey, like, you know, we're a little short on funds right now. Is it okay if we pay you next month? Like, I'm probably going to be, like, yeah, totally fine. Like, don't worry about it. Or maybe, like, don't promise yeah budget if like you don't have it I don't know what the deal is maybe it's like something with the finance team but yeah I don't know but yes we definitely are chasing money all the time and I just wish there was a way to hold these brands accountable without bashing them on social media you know what I mean but I think the most professional thing you can do is continue to follow up with emails and express urgency and you can always add that late fee payment like at the bottom of your invoice too um because you never want to get to the point where you have to like threaten small claims court and like you know what I mean because that's obviously going to be a huge waste of everyone's time and money if they could just pay you but yeah it's definitely more common than you think I feel like because we talk to our friends about it too and like there's so many people people there's go through it there's certain brands that I feel like people know they take a long time. Yeah. It's one that I'm chasing right now. Um, But yeah, we always put like the 10% late fee applied each day payment is late on our invoices. Um, You know, I've never really had to actually guess I, I probably should update my invoice to reflect that. Do you do that? I have it on my invoice, but I've never I know, I like enforced up, it. Me too. If that it's makes kind sense. Of just so like I've a never little... been like, oh, actually, you owe me this much now because you're this many days late. Yeah, and I feel like I would say if I had to like give out a ratio, I would say like eighty percent of brands are pretty good, but there is like twenty percent that. I struggle with. Yeah, and like, it just sucks that, that that's part of the job too because it it's like I don't have time to like be emailing and checking up and it's like if I didn't have a list and I wasn't following up, I probably wouldn't get paid, which sucks. So it's yeah. like another part of being an influencer or content creator is like making sure you get paid as well because you're the contractor. So it's a little frustrating for sure. Yeah, you have to but, be on it. Write those dates in your calendar on Google email. Yeah. What I try to do is like on the task list on the side, you can set a reminder on a certain date so it like immediately pops up on your task. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to do that. Um, but obviously, like I need to be better at that. I feel like yeah. I just I really need an assistant at this point, but we're gonna <laughs> see how that goes. But But yeah. yeah, I think just overall, like everyone kind of struggles with this. So I think it's so important to talk to your friends about it. And like if they worked have worked with a brand and they mentioned that, you know, it was really hard to get payment, then just keep that in mind when you're um you know, signing your contract and like if you are feeling like sketched out or not sure, you can always ask for payment either up front if you don't know, or you can request like 50% up front and 50% after, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. So I've definitely done that before because they're like, oh, we're going to send you this. And then I didn't get it in the mail. And I was like, okay, well, I can't submit content to you until I like have the other product. And they're like, we're so sorry. It's on the way. Like we'll pay you upfront half just so you know. And I was like, okay, perfect. That yeah. like makes me feel better that like things are still going smoothly and it's not going to turn sketchy at some point. You can also like go on their LinkedIn and see who is like on the finance team, who's on their HR department. Oh, I remember yeah, sent that invoice yeah, to like, like everyone you can them find. In. And I like two years ago, I remember I like called their customer service, <laughs> this brand's customer service line, and they literally connected me like with their finance department and I got paid. So that's like a little aggressive and excessive, but it's also but necessary. But if it gets to that, like you have it's to. It's necessary in some cases. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, it might seem a little like aggressive, like I just said, but it's part you of our get job. Like we sis. have to get paid, and like it's like if it goes on too long now, like my 2020 ones that haven't been paid, I just right. feel like it's kind of like a lost cause. But like you guys know, I'm gonna keep following up. But it's just like frustrating that it's been this long, and it's like I'm not gonna do other campaigns with that person. Yeah, you know, exactly. if I know they're not gonna pay me. But anyway, I feel like we could like I know. rant forever <laughs> on rant. this. So we'll move on to our next question. But hopefully that helped answer that one for you guys because it's definitely a very hot topic in the industry so okay next question is is your media kit separate from your rate sheet and when do you send it to brands yes so I think both me and Alyssa keep our media kit and rate sheet separate um I always like to like I have one media kit saved with just like my insights and like my bio little bio about myself with my stats and then I have another media kit saved that's all of that plus my rate sheet on the last page or I just have my rate sheet saved, but typically, like, uh, when I'm, like, pitching myself to brands or if a brand pitches me, I'll immediately send out my media kit with my insights and my, like, demographic, bio, all that without my rate sheet. And then when we start discussing budget, first I ask what their budget is, but then if they come back asking, like, what my rates are, um, I'll go ahead and send that with my rate sheet so they can take a look and, like, pick out from the menu. Um... But yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm similar. So I have my media kit and my rate sheets just separate. So, you know, when I'm pitching a brand, I'll like do my pitch email and then I'll add some like insights into that email. And I add a line that just says, you know, happy to send along my media kit Mm -hmm. plus rate sheets, you know, if interested. And, you know, sometimes I'll include the media kit on my initial pitch. Uh, Sometimes I don't. And sometimes brands will ask for the media kit. And then that's when I'll send my media kit and the rate sheet. Because a lot of the times I think when brands ask for your media kit, they're actually asking for your rate sheet too. So I don't want to like have to spend that extra email for them to be like, oh yeah, can you also send over your rate sheet? So that's when I'll send both if I can kind of like get the feel that they're trying to look for like what my rates are. But definitely keep them separate in our opinions just because you don't want to like jump the gun box yourself in too because like what if they have this amazing budget in mind and you just send your rate sheet and they're like oh yeah like we can get this girl for way cheaper than what we were going to offer so you always want to try to get the brand to like give you the first number that way you can gauge like what kind of budget they have if you can pitch a little higher if it's going to be a tighter budget and if you send your rate sheet then that just like completely takes that off the table so it just takes away your like negotiating power so but then again it's also helped us on the other side when brands do ask and then we like send them like you kind of described it our menu Mm -hmm. and then they can pick from like a bunch of different options or things that they didn't know you offered so like that's happened to me before where I've sent my media kit and they're like oh wow like you do TikToks like we'd love to add a TikTok on as well like for your rate and it's like that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have it on my rate sheet so I literally have like so many different options like on my rate sheet on the top I have like my main things so like an Instagram post you know stories a quarter long collab like you know four posts for four months or you know four posts per month if they want to go that route um and then like reels I feel like are really important too and then I make sure to note that I have content creation available upon request and then the bottom I just have a bunch of like random things so I'll have like my YouTube mention a TikTok video a blog post and a Pinterest pin Mm -hmm. so just things like that that they could just add on and 
you know, have my rates next to it, but it lets them know I'm on all these different platforms and that if they're looking for, you know, a certain kind of content that they, you know, didn't know that I did or whatever, they can actually add that on. Yeah. And it can also give them ideas for like future campaigns. Like if you have Pinterest, if you have giveaways, like I know I have um, like a giveaway line and that's oh, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. a few hundred dollars more than my normal rates because you yep. are driving traffic to their page and giving them followers so things like that um, and the, they'll save it and reference back to it honestly so it's always good to have that um, I do want to say though I feel like I definitely struggle getting the brands to give out the number first I yes. feel like we say that but honestly in most cases I would say that I do have to give out my rates first which is fine um, just, I would say my advice would be to make sure that you have rates that you're really happy with and also probably like 20% more than Yeah, definitely a little would. higher than normal. Yeah. I've heard that brands usually pitch you like 15%. I think it was 15 to 20%, like yeah. less than they actually like can pay you. So they have like 15 to 20% more th- that they could give yeah. you. That's not in all cases, like at all. It's just... I've heard most brands kind of do that, probably the bigger brands, but I feel like you always want to pitch higher because they're always going to negotiate you down and they're always going to feel like good if they do get a negotiated rate. Um, and they'll probably like go back to their boss and be like, yeah, I negotiated her down to this, but that might even actually be like the rate that you were comfortable with or your normal rates. So always have a very, always have a higher rate on your reach. I think it's also important to note that it is okay to negotiate. So when you throw out your first number and then the brand comes back and gives you a different rate, it's okay, I feel like, to negotiate one more time, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, like, you know, say you're pitching 2000 for whatever they're asking for. They come back to you at, oh, we only have 1000 You should be able to negotiate right. and be like, hey, like, I would love to make this work. Can you meet me at the middle at 1500 for the requested deliverables? Looking forward to potentially working together on this. You know what I mean? And you don't want to feel bad about that because they're either going to say yes or no. And if they say no, you're still getting a deal. And if they say yes, then you're getting more. So I feel like personally, I've been testing that a little by negotiating kind of one more time just to see. I think like two negotiations on your end is probably a good amount. So if you pitch first, then they pitch, then you do it one more time. If you feel confident enough to do that, or if they're like not meeting you close enough to your rate that you would like, and then, you know, they say either yes or no. But I think it's important to remember that like you have negotiation power and you you don't have to just accept the rate that the brand gives you. The Your rate sheet is just kind of like a place to start. Yeah. And then last thing. So for the negotiation, like Alyssa said, like that second time that you negotiate back with them, you could even just throw in like an extra story set just to like make them happy. Yeah. If you want, just like throwing in any extras, like stories are so easy to just throw up and do so throwing in like maybe an extra story set or whatever just to get that brand a little bit higher like is always a good idea yeah love that so yeah that was a lot I know I know I feel like we could just do a complete episode on like each topic I know okay moving on to the next question (laughs) okay so the next question is what does your daily agenda look like So my favorite part about my job is that like no two days look the same. Mm -hmm. Like some days could be an admin day where, you know, we talked in an episode where our posting strategies in the morning. So I like post in the morning and I engage for about an hour. Mm -hmm. And then once I do that, then I'll start kind of my admin day if that's what kind of day it is. So I'll do like all my emails, all my pitching, you know, respond, sign contracts and invoices Plan content, edit content. That's kind of what a, um, I guess, an admin day looks like. It's literally just so much computer work. Um, But then if it's like a shoot day, then, you know, we're going out, we're location scouting, we're planning when we want to shoot, like different outfits and all of that. So I feel like every day is different. And that's what I love about it. Because I personally could just not sit behind a desk from nine to five, five days a week and like keep my sanity. I did that for two years. I just like love that. So I think, you know, really any day could be like whatever you want it to be. 
And that's like the cool part about this job is like you can just plan out your days like that. So an overview of the week, I feel like looks like you have your admin days, you have your shoot days. And then now like kind of getting into post COVID, we have usually one to two events a week, Yeah, which is also literally so fun. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole job because you get to go to these amazing events, like these brands Networking, go all out. You get meeting to network, people, yeah. meet other girls, IRL, which is so freaking fun. I feel like when you meet girls in real life from Instagram, um, you feel like you already know every single thing about them and it just makes that connection so strong and so easy. So now yeah, it's like you've known that person for yeah, years. Like it makes networking so easy, especially with like brand contacts too, because you're just talking to them on email and all of that. So love the event days, but um I would say we have like one to two shoot days a week and then like the rest admin, but also in the morning. So I feel like just a breakdown of a normal day. Um if we're doing like admin and shooting, I like to dedicate 7 a.m. to 10.30ish a.m. to posting and engaging for myself, but also for my clients because I do have a social media marketing agency. So lots of client work in the morning. I try to dedicate, I try to keep my mornings every day kind of similar if I can. I feel like mornings to me are very sacred and it's so important to me to have a schedule. So I wake up at like 6 a.m., I have a morning to myself, six to seven, and then I jump in, I journal, manifest, all that good stuff. Um, but then, yeah, posting and engaging and then getting some emails out of the way, doing some strategy for clients, doing whatever content creation you need to do. Um, and then we'll usually shoot like in the afternoons, especially with summer. We love yeah. that summer sunset content. Well, and I feel like we're really focused on lighting now too, yeah. which makes a huge lighting difference. So, so we important. don't just, we won't randomly just shoot in the middle of the Day, especially when the light's like not that great it's very important lighting is so <sighs> important especially without presets I feel like getting that dreamy lighting um, yeah. is what makes a really great photo so sunset is at like 8 p.m now <laughs> so our days definitely run very late but I don't know I, rem <laughs> I remember so I did like this blog post for one of my clients that should be coming out soon but like one of the questions they asked because they like kind of interviewed me but it was like how do you balance your work life and your career or wait, your work life and your personal life, sorry. Honestly, I, like, the two merge so well for me that it yeah. doesn't feel like I'm looking for this balance. I'm trying to meditate now because I feel like being on social media all the time, you get, like, this mental, like, brain fog, being on a screen all the day, all day. Mm -hmm. But um, I said the quote, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life is, like, very real for me because it just oh, doesn't yeah. feel like I'm working. I'm living this... Like, everything that I've ever wanted, like, is what I'm doing every day, so. It's amazing. Little ramp, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just important to be happy with what you're doing, and like we said, our days are just so different every day, mm -hmm. and we love it, and it's like, a lot of people will try to, like, be like, okay, Monday I'm doing this, Tuesday I'm doing this, but, like, I personally don't like to do things, like, or make something set in stone, because it's like, if an event comes up or if like, yeah. you know, it's going to be sunny one day and cloudy another day, you have to be really flexible and be able to switch things without like feeling too stressed out about it because like something isn't going as planned. Like literally our day yesterday <laughs> did not go as planned and we had yeah. like switched our like schedules around for a bunch of different things and like literally all those things got canceled and we're like, wow, like we literally planned for this and, and now, so that's why. <laughs> so I think it's just important to be flexible and to be okay if like something doesn't work out on a certain day because you know you can get it done the next day and it's not the end of the world. And I think yeah. that's what's cool. It's like, oh, event comes up. Perfect. We'll be there. We'll mm -hmm. just move whatever we were going to do to a different day and be fine with it. So yeah. And you can also, it's just nice because you can like get work done at night and schedule. Oh my gosh. I am such a night owl. Like I, I feel like you've kind of started to become one but like yeah I, I know true. like you'll text me at like 11 and I'll be like I'm okay, like I hi. wonder if she'll respond yeah but I'm such a true night owl like I like to do work until maybe like four o'clock and then I kind of take a break just like relaxing watching tv a little bit like dinner hanging out with Andrew or my pups and then I kind of start back up at like 
10 p.m. That is so funny. My and then I go, off at 10. I go from like 10 p.m. probably to like midnight. I try to cap it at. Um, but if it were up to me, I would literally work from like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. because that's just literally my like creative time and when I thrive the most. Yeah. And like all these ideas and inspiration come to me. And so, like, for me personally, I prep all my emails that I'm sending in the morning out at night. And then I Mm -hmm. set that, like, send that whatever that's called. Yeah, schedule send. Yeah, the scheduled send. I send, like, have all my emails send out at, like, 8 a.m. or whatever. So Mm -hmm. that when I wake up in the morning, I don't, like, stress myself out and be like, oh, my gosh, I have to get up. I have to go send all these emails, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're all sent for the morning so that I can, like, do my engaging, not feel super rushed, get to my computer around, like, 9, 10 o'clock and, you know, feel, like, a little bit already accomplished because those emails have already gone out. And then hopefully I'll get, you know, a response within the day instead mm-hmm. of waiting till later in the afternoon to send them and then getting a response the next day. Yeah. Schedule send sense, is, like, such a life hack. Really makes you feel so much more relaxed in the morning if yeah. you're, like, scheduling the emails that you need to send for the day. Um, yeah. Love that. So yeah, that is what our days look like. Yeah, I feel like that kind of answers that next question too, the what is an admin day? Oh yeah, like what is an admin day and like what takes up most of your day? I feel like that was all kind of summed up in that question just because like... I feel like though we could talk about like what actually takes up the most time because I feel like I have some... Yeah. Invoicing. The back end, not fun stuff. That's what takes up my day. Invoices and insights. Like, I don't know why I... the death of me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I know. I have so many invoices. I'm like... It's on my planner and I write it down every day. Send brands this invoice and I just like put it off and I don't know why because it's like I I want my money. Okay, good. I thought I was like alone on that. Literally, I have three I could list right now that I've been meaning to send for the past week. I just sent those last night and I'm like, it's literally on my my to do list. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like with this job, like there's so much on the back end that you don't see. And it's like, I feel like this is why a lot of bigger bloggers will hire assistants Mm -hmm. or interns to kind of help with these tasks because they're so basic, but they just take up so much time and you have to like, you know, go in, screenshot, load them to your computer, send them. You want to make an insight deck, which I usually try to do. I don't know. That part's just so freaking (laughs) tedious. It like gives me negative vibes and I don't know why (laughs) yeah so if I I it's probably like one of the least glamorous things that we have to do but But obviously that's how you get paid also I feel like a big like something that takes up a lot of time is like editing for reels slash tiktok that takes up a good youtube slash going through photos that could take a full day we literally take hundreds of photos every time just to make sure we have options different angles and make sure we get a photo that we absolutely love and we're happy with but again we have to like sort through those which is why i do not like taking photos in live because it gives you the option of like that many more photos yeah and that just stresses me out for me it's really just videos I feel like I can be pretty quick with photos, but because I try while I'm shooting to immediately favorite like all the ones I mm. love. But for videos, it's just like editing that, kind of like matching it up with the sound, making sure it's like very like eye catching and not too long. I'm really trying to only put out like 12 second reels. Yeah. Um, I yeah. feel like for me, videos are like pretty quick. I don't know why. I feel like, like I kind of like, for us. yeah, I kind of mindlessly do them while I'm like watching TV or something. I'll just kind of like put it in InShot because that's literally my favorite app. Just like cut it up, speed it up a little bit, like maybe add some transitions, yeah. throw some music on it, we and there InShot. you go. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's different. So that just kind of goes to show that like, you know, people have different struggles with different things in the industry. So yeah. Right. Okay. Next one. Next one. Tips on how to get closer to going full-time as a micro-influencer. Oh man, Good question. we could talk about this forever, but I feel like, okay, so tips on how to go full-time essentially as a micro. I think one, it's really important to build your community and your audience and mm-hmm. create like a loyal following. Um, obviously never buy followers or likes or any of that stuff. It's so obvious. And like, I can literally look at your account and know within three seconds if you're doing it or not. And so it's like, if I can do that, like brands can do that too. And on on that note, really quick, it's just like really important to remember that 
more followers does not equal more money. It is not tied at all. I swear, like, girls are killing it nowadays at under 10K. Oh, yeah. Honestly, feel like they could probably, like, (laughs) be close to taking it full-time. I feel like there are so many girls now who, like, are full-time that are, like, between that 10 and 20K mark. Right. Like, it doesn't. So, that's why it's, like, so important not to rush it. Like, focusing on your community is the number one thing. Yeah. And then I think, like, your relationships with brands, like, make sure you're delivering high-quality content, you're communicative, you're submitting content on time, you're making all your deadlines, Mm -hmm. and then when you do post them, like, making sure you're engaging, you know, with your audience in the comments and talking positively about the brand so that the brand will want to work with you again and potentially, like, pay you for future campaigns or just keep you in mind. So I would also focus on that. Um, And then... Obviously, like, number one, focus on your community. But also a number one thing I would say is, like, if you're a micro-influencer and you're really working toward going full-time potentially, I think we mentioned this in a previous episode. I can't remember which one. But just, like, being very realistic with yourself and making sure that this is something that you want. Making sure you want it for the right reasons. Yes. Like, not just because, you know, you want all these clothes. Like, you think it's, like, this glamorous job like you genuinely have to love it and I've had friends before who maybe thought about like oh they saw you doing it yeah so they loved it they kind of wanted to dabble in it and like try it they realize like actually like what it takes to and I'm not saying it's like this you know you have to have what it takes like no I'm saying like you have to genuinely love taking photos being creative kind of just being your own creative director and then like also like dedicating a lot of time to building your community to engaging with other girls and like really just putting yourself out there Um, I feel like it's definitely not something that's for everyone Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of like feel it out and make sure that it's something that you thoroughly enjoy and that you would enjoy like down the line doing this full time, especially. And like, I feel like it's a good way to think about it. If you didn't make, if you made $0 one month from doing this job full time and like making $0, (laughs) would you still be happy? And would you still want to keep going, pursue this career? Because I have definitely been in a position um, when I made $0 in that month, but, like, I honestly, like, do not care. Um, It's just something that I love so much. I love creating content. I love the community that I have on Instagram, and I feel like that's really what it boils down to. So, yeah. And then I think probably the last thing is just, like, budgeting and saving your money. So if you do have that 9-to-5 job, you know, with that consistent paycheck, like, making sure you're saving some of that because one of the tips we shared in our previous podcast you should um, check out that we talked about how to go Mm full-time is, you know, budgeting, knowing what your expenses are, you know, are you making enough in collaborations to cover your minimum expenses? Having that savings, you know, for three to six months, just in case you do have that $0 a month, like Mm -hmm. just making sure you're able to do those things without being too stressed out because you don't want to just like be barely cutting it and then be like, oh my gosh, am I going to make rent this month? You know what I mean? So it's like really just evaluating your finances and being honest with yourself and like, can you manage it? Like what kind of help do you have? Like, what does it look like? And I think... Those are kind of the things you want to, like, focus on at the beginning if you're trying to plan how to go full-time. Yeah. Definitely talk to other girls, and I feel like it's always um, really helpful to hear other girls' journeys, so. Yeah, and I mean, now within the industry, like, people are getting paid, like, so much at less than 10K. Like, I feel like we were not getting paid like at all let alone the amount that these girls are getting paid we have a friend on the other side of things and she actually like she works with influencers and she was getting a lot of different influencers rates for this certain campaign she actually told me and Alyssa that there were some girls in like the 10 to 15k range that charged more than us <laughs> and we were shocked insane. like we were like, like, so second. shocked I mean good for those girls like oh, I yeah. hope they're getting if those, they're getting it those collabs like damn like that kind of just like real made me realize like okay time to raise your rates like that's yeah. when you know but yeah uh you know people make so much money at all different points of the following yeah like, so it's it's know. literally it's definitely doable if it's something yeah. you want something you love and you want to pursue you can definitely do it as a micro influencer so I think that's just important to remember but. yes Okay, the next question is, how do you deal with people who follow then unfollow you? (laughs) Okay, well, back in the day when having third-party apps connected to Instagram wasn't 
um, like a red flag to Instagram. I feel like a lot of people used to have those unfollower apps. Not gonna lie, I did it. Okay, That's so like, things have not, changed. Yeah, it's you can't not it. have. You cannot, cannot, because I swear, I don't know. Honestly, let me know if someone has a good unfollower app because I would love to know. But I've realized that most of these apps are like they're very sketchy and yeah. they're also like you have to log in through your Instagram I think and to, literally like, it's see. like one wrong move like Instagram could just like flag your account and like shut you it down also, and like, it's like hacked I feel like I'm just yeah. like terrified of those things it's just so. it's not worth the risk it's not worth Scary. the risk Instagram can see I think which like apps are logged into your profile so yeah. you will get flagged but be flagged by Instagram or like be blocked and you can't do like certain actions but like I feel like in terms of dealing with the people like I don't know you can kind of tell when it happens like there's definitely a couple girls that I notice who I could literally name right now um who follow and unfollow me and they have over 50k and it's just 100k too yeah it's just shocking that they think like is this still a strategy they think works or that like we wouldn't notice because like we're bloggers like we literally know these things like I just yeah it's just awkward like they're making things so awkward and it's like you obviously will see them I literally had one girl she would do it to me every single day and like I would see her name in my notifications and I'm just like hey girl like I literally dm'd her because I was just like Hey girl, I noticed you um like follow and unfollow me every day. Like oh I can't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, you know, like, is there a reason why you're doing this? And it's just like it's and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, like I didn't realize I was doing it. And you're just like, mm-hmm, I literally see it every day. But it's yeah. just like if you want to get someone's attention or you want them to follow you, like engage on their content, like like their photos, that. leave comments. Like that's how you get noticed. And like I follow girls who I notice yes. like comments yes. every single day on my posts. And I'm like, wow, this girl's so supportive. I like, like follow back. I appreciate back. the support so much. Follow back and yes. support you back. Like that's a hundred percent like what I was gonna say. I feel like I get it why people would want to follow and follow if you're trying to get someone to notice you however I feel like that's a very ineffective strategy I think like Alyssa just said commenting every day on someone's posts if you really want them to follow you back they will 100% notice like even if you want to go further turn on their post notifications and be one of the first comments if you really want this person yeah. to notice you because I one million thousand percent one million thousand <laughs> that's a new number um I always recognize and really appreciate the girls who are always commenting on my photos I will follow you back like if you are so consistent with it and you know like I honestly don't see a lot of the follow notifications so I feel like I definitely miss some girls but yeah if you are an active commenter like that's definitely an amazing strategy I feel like you can just like if you notice people doing it to you just either like ignore it or you can message them and ask them and like do it in like a nice way and just be like Mm -hmm. hey like I noticed what you're doing or eventually you can just block them which I've definitely blocked a few girls from doing because I'm like this is so irritating like why are you doing this this isn't like just so weird and it's like they follow my friends too and I'm like are they doing it to like them too or is it like just me like what is going on here I don't know I've never I have literally never in my whole life like went onto someone's account and like unfollowed them especially if they follow me like I just unless I'm very like uninspired by their content or something like I've never intentionally like unfollowed like a blogger in the industry or someone like that like I just like I really like don't understand the strategy there so yeah (laughs) so um that's our thoughts on follow and follow (laughs) okay next question is how do you find new locations and I think the other question too like trending locations right now kind of like go hand in hand but I feel like right now for us like trending locations that are working are like picnics in the park and Mm -hmm. beach sunsets and I feel like we kind of found that by looking on our explore pages and seeing what people are doing and seeing like what's performing well and what Instagram is pushing and creating that kind of content yeah I feel like that explore page can be such a helpful tool because truly the explore page is like the trending posts right so if you go to the explore page and see what's doing really well for other creators like not copying that but like but copying that and like yeah inspo put your own twist on it make it your own thing combine it with your like aesthetic or whatever and put that out there because I feel like that's a key to like doing well on Instagram is following the trends but putting your own aesthetic your own twist 
your own like personality into what is trending. I mean, I feel like we both like really pivoted for spring. Like we were taking photos on plain walls and like neutral garages, like parking garages. And that we noticed that the um, content started to perform a little less well than like it was doing before. So then we were like looking at people's content and we're like, okay, like spring is fully here. Like cottage core is in full effect. Like we need to switch up our content. Otherwise one, we're not going to grow. And two, like our engagement isn't going to be that great. And literally the moment we switched over to like beach sunsets and like picnics, like our content is popping off. Like it's doing so well. And like, I think because people save it as inspo, that's what like keeps pushing it in the algorithm, which is what helps like with reach. Yeah. I feel like it's really helpful to think about it in like the eyes of your audience and what they want to see. So with the picnic and beach inspo one, not everyone lives where we live. So I feel like kind of using where you live as yeah, use it to like, your advantage. Yeah, use it to your advantage and kind of just, like, show people what it's like to, like, live where you live in a way, but also make it, like, dreamy, inspirational <laughs> and dreamy because people are saving and sharing that content because it is inspiring them. Like, they want to go to these places, one, or they want to create content that also inspires their audience. So really just keeping that in mind. Like, I feel like we don't live close to somewhere that has, like, white picket fences with horses and, like, green grass. And, like, so I love seeing that content and saving that because that's, like, not readily available for us. And we're, like, constantly on the search for something that looks similar to that vibe. And I'm sure there's something in San Diego. We would just kind of have to drive to it and find it. So we'd have to use time to, you know, location scout for it. But, like, it's very that's inspirational for us because we don't have that so it's like kind of the same thing like people who don't have the beach like my best performing photos right now are like my sunset beach pics yeah because I feel like people save that for whenever they are on the beach right like we like if they're going on vacation like that's their inspo content so much New York content like oh my god we save so much New York content even though we're obviously not in New York but for whenever we do go to New York like we have that on hand and I feel like that's what people do. Like, they have different albums. Like, that's at least what I do. If you don't do that, like, I oh, highly yeah. recommend so it. So many albums of yeah. inspo. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think just seeing what's performing well, like, with your friends, people you follow, like, what's on the Explore page, and then kind of figuring out, like, what locations are around you, like, how to get creative. Like, literally, I'm sure everyone has, like, a park by their house or, like, somewhere close to you. Like, Mm -hmm. parks are pretty popular. Yeah. Even if it's just, like, your neighborhood park. Like, I literally have one in my... Like, (laughs) I have one in my neighborhood, and, like, that's where we shoot kind of our picnic pics. And, like, I feel like it looks so different in person versus what it looks like in the photo, but, like... It's like the whole thing with it is like being able to create that scene in the setting and like making it look a certain way. So, I mean, it's definitely doable for everyone. So I would just like kind of look out for those things when trying to pick your locations, but definitely with summer coming up, like beach is going to be really big. Any body of water, honestly, if you live by a lake, like ocean thing. I love lake content. Oh my gosh, we should start doing that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakes and sunset. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so hopefully that helps with finding locations and finding things that are trending right now. Yeah. Okay. Next one um, is how to meet other people in the industry. Well, now that we can go to events. Oh, it's so just exciting. off. Like, there's so many events right now. I think, like, the main thing is if, like, you get invited to go to an event, like, definitely go. And especially if you don't have anyone to go with, go anyway. Because I feel like you'll meet new people by going by yourself and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's going to be people there who you already know, too, which is always fun. So definitely going to events when those are happening. I feel like reaching out to girls, like DMing them to get coffee, like Mm -hmm. anything like that. I feel like social media makes it so easy to meet people nowadays. (laughs) I literally like tell my boyfriend all the time, like I would have no friends if it weren't for Instagram (laughs) because that's how I make, that's how I make all my friends, especially being a female out of college. And like at the time I was in a new city and it's just like, it's so hard to meet people or find people with similar interests So literally, like, all my friends are from Instagram, and I honestly love it. But it's so cool because I feel like I'm so, so inspired by the people in this industry because truly everyone I've met 
in this industry are hustlers and so creative. And that is like my type of person. Oh my God. I just get so like high off of other people's passion and energy. And like, I just feel like I've met some of the most passionate and motivated people in this industry, but, um, Could you imagine, like, if there wasn't social media, like, how would you find those I people? I don't know. You know I, what I mean? truly don't know. So thankful for Instagram, <laughs> so thankful for social media, but, yeah, like Alyssa said, um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend going to events, even if it's by yourself. That's actually how we met. Yeah. Um, and it was very scary for me to it's ask so Alyssa scary. to go. It's so You get, like, butterflies yeah, in your tummy. It's, you like, just feel- it's like talking to, like, a new boy or girl for the first time, and you're, like, and you really like them, but you're scared to, like ask because you're scared of rejection but honestly I've noticed that everyone in this industry is more than willing to like network connect with new people I feel like it's so exciting to do that and I feel like especially now yeah and people are so excited to like right and it's not a blind date like you literally have so much in common already like yeah and you can already stalk them beforehand if you're worried about like what to say if you're if you have like a little bit of social anxiety or something like you already right off the bat have something to connect over and I would just like really you know emphasize to go to events because that is truly the way that it's the thing that's going to open a lot of doors for you in this industry is networking and creating genuine relationships also if you're traveling reach out to girls in those cities too because then you make friends like all over the country and the next time you travel there you can like hit them up and like maybe you'll come close friends and then maybe next time you can stay with them and it like becomes this like friendship like we have friends on the east coast we've never met Mm -hmm. but we also have friends on the east coast who we have met up with and like anytime we're in a city close to each other like we'll meet up like there's this one girl who is in new york city and her and another girl came out to san diego we met up with them shot content it was really fun so fun and then she ended up being in arizona and i have family in arizona so i ended up going to arizona to like meet up with her and like hang out for a few days while she was there so it's like really cool to create and then you connect met so many other girls. yeah and then yeah because then we had like this brunch and then i met like a bunch of arizona bloggers so it was like really cool it's that like so crazy, all these connections yeah. get made all over the country so when you are traveling you know maybe you have a free day you could like hit them up and be like hey like want to get coffee or shoot like i'm in your city and would like love to hang out for a day or whatever and like that's where you just make really cool connections yeah it just opens like and just in a genuine way like yeah obviously be genuine about it um but it really like can open so many amazing doors and like I don't know yeah and then events too I think it's important to go to because then you can actually meet your brand contacts in person and then that'll open the door for like other opportunities with yeah. that brand or if that like PR rep moves to a different brand they'll like carry you and that happens to the a new lot. brand yeah so like all these like connections and networking it's like all made out in the field out in the industry like right. you know so you can do it on social media you can do it while you're out but like there's so many different ways to meet girls and like if you are if you live somewhere where there aren't a lot of events I would just say DM girls get coffee like go hang out shoot whatever and like you could just make your best friends by doing that yeah so exactly yeah okay well Let's see. Our last question we have for you guys for today's episode is how to secure long-term partnerships. And I feel like this is one of those questions that could be a complete episode yeah, on its we'll own. Yeah, probably like do but, a whole episode about it. But. but yeah, so I think in terms of securing long-term partnerships, I think this whole industry really is based off relationships. So it's like maintaining relationships with your brand rep, making things easy for them, making sure you have good communication skills, delivering amazing content, over-delivering on content, Mm -hmm. really showing them how valuable you are, and just making their life easy and then making sure you're following up. Like a lot of brands I will follow up with monthly just to like, hey, check in, wanted to see like if you had any upcoming opportunities, would love to partner on a summer campaign or whatever season it is and just kind of like stay top of mind, I guess. And as you build that rapport, they'll start to like send you campaigns because they'll remember like, oh yeah, she just reached out or whatever. Yeah. And on that note, like we've said this in Clubhouse before, but it is so important to be kind to every single oh person gosh. that you meet so important. because like okay someone could be having such a bad day but if you lead and like speak to them with kindness that can turn their whole day around they might have just been having a bad day they could be a very like key person to different collaborations and all that kind of stuff but it's just very important to be kind never burn bridges and just communication is so important but um adding to like how to land 
long-term partnerships. Um, we touched on this earlier in the episode, but it's so important to have in your rate sheet a rate for your long-term partnerships, yeah. even if they don't immediately like right off the bat choose that option. Like they know it's there, and if they ever have budget for long-term influencers in the future, they might remember you with having like a quarter-long, month-long, year-long um, collaboration option, and they might you know think of you. So it's always important, just like you know. Throw that out there. Have it on your rate sheet. (laughs) Yeah. No, you always want to just set yourself up for success and have that option available so that brands do know if that does come up. But I mean, there's just like, I just think like relationships are just so important and, you know, continuing to like maintain those. I think we've talked about it on Clubhouse. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it on our podcast yet, but like sending thank you cards or like at the end of the year, like you know, sending like a small gift, whether it's like, you know, a $5 Starbucks gift card or just a card saying thank you that's handwritten. I know that stuff goes a long way because these PR reps, like their jobs are intense. Like we went to this one event that like had a really intense contract and she said that she had over a hundred contracts to keep track of. So it's like, don't be that girl that like she has to chase and like ask you for every little thing, like be the person who like submits everything super quickly, is easy to work with. And then I think brand reps will want to work with you on a more long-term basis if they have that opportunity available. And then last thing I would want to say is like, make sure you just share the brand genuinely and authentically. So like, even if you don't have a partnership with them, like share them with your audience, if you Mm -hmm. truly love them, whether it's like a makeup brand and you're like showing the products that you're using, or if it's a fashion brand and they're just wearing their clothes, like tag them. And, you know, it's that over deliver aspect because a lot of times brands do use software that is on the back end and it shows like how many times you're tagging them or mentioning them. And if they see it's kind of above and beyond of what they were expecting or like you don't even have a partnership with them and that's how you see it. Like that's how I initially made my contact with Nasty Gal a couple years ago. It's like, I just genuinely love the brand. I was buying, like I was doing try on hauls. I was tagging them and it shows up in their system. So that's just another way to be noticed and you know they'll notice you they will yeah yeah exactly I feel like really just emphasizing on the fact that like you need to be authentic and like genuine in this industry because I feel like it's very easy to like be fake yeah it's easy (laughs) to be fake but it's also easy to see when someone's kind of being fake so like on Alyssa's note of like don't be mean yeah like sending like maybe a gift or something like that is I would say that is only for the brand contacts that you have been continuously working with. You know yeah. them pretty well, um, and you like really enjoy working together. It's not for like a one off. Like maybe you guys <laughs> set you know like just be authentic, please. Yeah, like, that's don't the try best to way like to form relationships. Yeah, don't make it weird or awkward. I don't know, but okay. I think yeah. that's it for our questions. I hope you guys found this really helpful. We definitely want to do more episodes like this because yeah. like we said before, we love listening to these kinds of episodes. So let us know if you liked yeah. this. You can always ask us questions. I think I set up something on my blog where you can submit questions. Oh, cool. So if you just go to like fashionablysurf.com and then one of the tabs says the Influence Community Podcast, I believe, there's like a question box there. So if you ever oh, want something... That asked on the podcast feel free to just submit a question there and we'll definitely cover it and you can also dm the influence community instagram yeah yeah yeah. um, good one and we'll probably we'll answer you but like we can also put that on the podcast because like other people probably have the same question yeah I feel like we get a lot of the same questions so don't feel bad asking your question because someone else probably has the same question but Thank you so much for joining today. We hope you guys loved it. And see you in the next episode. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you guys loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Monday. Leave us a rating and review. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.